0: Good good afternoon. Whenever you're listening or watching this, welcome to another episode of our podcast. I feel like six months in, we probably need a better name than our podcast. But this is just our chance sure. every week to um, kind of go over what we talked about on Sunday, talk about some other applications, ways that this impacts our day-to-day life, our families. We don't claim to have all the answers, but uh, I know speaking for myself, I really enjoy these conversations and how we can take things a little bit further or maybe a different direction than even on Sunday as we talk about it in just a different different setting. So um, this month we are working on the series Sing with a giant exclamation point at the end, which I just wanna be like, sing, like it just <laughs> it needs to come out.
1: I'm glad um, you're the one that did that. Yeah, I <laughs> would have come out a lot worse yeah. from us.
2: <laughs>
0: so Paul, if you want to give us kind of an overview of where where God's kind of pulling you in this
2: series, and well, well sing as God gives me reason to sing has, has been the tagline of the series, and we're just going through the the hymn the, the, ha- the hymn book of the Bible, Psalms, and and just pulling out reasons to sing that the Psalms include. Um, negative things, imperfect things. And so they invite us to sing, even though life's not perfect, they invite us to praise God. And so uh, that, that's kind of how we've been focused. And so we looked at Psalm 139 and last week we looked at Psalm 123. All right. So
0: Josh, want to give us a
2: quick download Psalm 23?
1: Yeah. So last week when we did this, we decided that rather than summarizing a song, it's best to just <laughs> play the song, right? Yes, and so yes. this is a short, A short psalm anyway, so rather than try to summarize it, let me just read it. Um, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever I mean we probably could have just recited that right, right. Like it's, a, it's a pretty uh we, we know that one it's a common one although I think Paul what, what version did you read I used was the New American standards okay, that's and
2: I fun. used the message I think for that that one verse
1: yeah yeah so that was NIV that I read by the
2: way so right. anyway
0: so as I'm listening, to you read that back again. I just I'm caught over and over again in this idea that this psalm just. Sometimes we we hear it and we picture this pastoral setting, um, shepherd with the sheep, but I'm struck by um by the passivity of our position in this psalm. I mean, we talk about how like there's nothing that it's asking me really to do mm-hmm. other than to follow. I'm mean, I'm led. You prepare for me. You mm-hmm. do all of these things, and I. I feel like this Psalm is almost another picture of just kind of that upside down kingdom of God yeah. where we aren't, we aren't told to strive and fight and, and, and earn our place, but that he desires this, this relationship of, of a shepherd with a sheep with us, um, which is a lot different from a leader and a subject or a king and a subject. Mm-hmm. I was doing some reading this week and it talked about Kings and, and government leaders and those people, they're often concerned with maintaining the, um, the status quo for the majority they want to know what will make the majority of people happy what will take care of the majority of people whereas a shepherd is concerned about each individual sheep in his flock and if one of them is astray, he pulls him back and he knows those sheep he wants and desires for them to stay as a community but if even one of them is missing his community is not complete hmm. and so i don't know what are your what are your thoughts on that
1: I, that picture just of the the shepherd being concerned with each one. I just obviously, you know, we say Jesus is a good shepherd and, and you know the parable of, of leaving the 99 something that like just within the last I don't know maybe year or two of thinking through that is like G or the 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 shepherd leaving the 99 to seek out the one. Like we read that and we're like, "Well, that's crazy. Like he he totally did something out of the ordinary." But it's like, "No, like that's not out of the ordinary. That's actually what a shepherd doesn't so like so for Jesus like as the good shepherd like what he has done for us to seek us each individually seek us out individually is like not this out of the ordinary thing like that's who he is like he is the good shepherd it's not him doing something that's crazy it's just his character it's it's who he is
2: well it reminds me this a parable of Jesus Jesus tells these series of parables where the man is. And in the parables, every time the man, the man is God. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of those parables, there's the parable of the man, what man who would find a treasure hidden in the field would not sell everything that he has to buy that field. Mm -hmm. And so usually we think of that, well, when we find God, we'll give everything for God. But that parable very well could be read, that's God finding this treasure mm-hmm. and giving his all for us. Yeah. And and I mean, it's a little bit different than what we're talking about. But this ideal right. that God's pursuing uh, yeah. that, that and and we're just objects of we're just subjects of God's grace from, from the beginning to the end.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes um, I know I've heard that where it's like, wait, wait, why would you leave your whole group? Like that's where the majority of your your money is invested. That's where the majority of your thing is. What how could you leave them and go after this one? And um, but then when you think about sheep, sheep are wired for community. The uh, um, one of the reasons that they're so noisy is because they're always looking for each other. And so when you have a sheep that, that actually has wandered away and gets lost, they're lost because they can no longer hear the voice of their community calling them back. And so that is where the shepherd goes for that sheep. But like the sheep desire to right. be in a herd. They right. desire that community. They recognize each other. I've, I went way down the rabbit hole <laughs> reading about sheep this week and some of the stuff I'm like, man, Sheep can recognize each other to the point where one one of them gets a haircut and comes back to the group. it freaks everybody else out because they don't recognize him anymore and so they will run they will think that he's like an intruder so
1: a wolf in sheep's clothes.
0: Right? For good or bad, sheep have this um, this herd mentality, this community. Um, and oh, so. I wanted
1: to I wanted to commend you on your, your sheep knowledge. It's, it's been quite impressive.
0: <laughs> oh, there's more where that came from. Let me assure and, you. And them.
1: if you're around sheep too much, they're not the brightest
2: animals. No,
0: no, they really aren't. No. They really like they indeed they are reliant upon the care of, of somebody else. And um so how does that I don't know, how does that make you feel? To to know that God sees you as as a sheep.
2: That's a slang that you'd say. I'm not sheep. Oh, right. Don't either. be a sheep. Yeah, sure. Don't like. Yeah. Don't, don't sure. just be a follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know. And uh, yeah, that's interesting.
1: It uh, is. Sure. Is well, yeah, because like, in my teaching of teenagers, like, like, don't just follow. The, don't be a follower, right? Be a leader. And it's like, oh, I guess. So I guess the the key there is like, who you're following, mm-hmm. right? Like, who the shepherd is that you're that you're willing to follow. But yeah, it's totally even counter to what we. Teach regularly within yeah. the church, right? Like, I'll just be a follower, I'll I'll be a leader.
0: Follow. Well, yeah, <laughs> when you think of yeah, following the leader, like even if you think you're leading, you're you're still following something. So I guess if you want to be a yeah. leader, sure, you better be leading towards the right thing that you're following. Yeah. nobody's just like right. kind of leading in a vacuum.
1: Yeah,
2: and I, I like I, you know that that sheep exists for community. Even though the shepherd is concerned with the individual sheep, uh, it, it's about the commune community. I mean, it it is a caring for the community when you're concerned for the individual that, and, and, you know, I think at this time where, where a lot of people are missing their herd, (laughs) uh, and, and rightfully so I understand why, why people can't, can't be around like they'd like. but there is this need that we have. Uh, If, if we're sheep, sheep need community, we need each other. Yeah. And we need to see each other's strange haircuts and, <laughs> you know, and not
0: recognize. Or just lack
1: of hair altogether. Right yeah.
0: <laughs> so let me read you some descriptions of, of sheep. And so again, Lord is my shepherd. That means that I, I'm his sheep. And, and just tell me if any of these kind of ring either true or just like the, ugh, I wish that wasn't true. Sheep are, are prone to wander. They like to just explore. They will just wander off. They're easily frightened they are reliant on others they're unaware of their own needs like i said on sunday they will forego eating and sleeping if they don't feel safe and so it's almost like they don't even register that they are wither, like, mm-hmm. withering away Wh- where does that fit into uh, to us as as followers of jesus
2: i can get that come thou fount song yeah pro <laughs>
1: The non-Nazarene version. Is that, is
2: that the non-Nazarene yeah. version? I think that is, the yeah. is that the changed, the changed
1: it. The Nazarene's changed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I love, yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: don't want to think of myself as being prone to, to wander
2: like that. Mm-hmm. Um. It's hard to, to see yourself in that way, yeah. I, to be honest. As you, as you look there, I, I hope that I'm not prone to wander. I hope that I'm not easily frightened. I hope I'm not too stupid to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Too stupid not to eat. Uh you know, but, but the truth is, if, if we were probably authentic, there's times mm-hmm. in all of our lives where, where we're easily frightened, where we're easily concerned, sure. where, where we're scatter over nothing. And, uh,
1: I wonder, so in your sheep expertise, <laughs> <laughs> I just had this thought, like, do, do, do sheep improve throughout their life? Like, do they get better at this? Are they less prone to wonder no, they're much the better to eat they, when they're young. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Lamb chops are definitely better than the, the full-blown sheep. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? No, I, no, I, I'm, no that's a great question. A she,
0: no, <laughs> I mean, I do know as sheep... From my, I mean, yeah, limited. I never owned sheep. I owned goats. I mean, goats are so awesome. I will just be honest. Much better than sheep. Um, yeah, <laughs> there is like no pen that can contain a goat. If they watch you how to open a latch, they will learn how to do it. Um, but sheep, I know that they do learn more and more to fine tune their ability to hear the voice of their shepherd. Like but that is okay. a very special like thing. They can recognize sure. 20 faces, whether they're sheep or humans. I don't know how they guess.
2: Or yeah, I know that yeah. but I <laughs> yeah. do know that like
0: that that ability to respond to a voice to listen and come to a call I feel like is refined as mm. they as they mature
1: mm. so I don't know if that makes you less
0: prone to wander or just quicker to come back after they've Well, away, Maybe not, not, be funny I mean, maybe not away.
1: less prone to wander but more focused on the voice that they should be following yeah um, and that maybe that ability to to kind of tune out the other distractions mm-hmm. um so I, obviously there's a million parallels there that we could yeah. we could go with but it was just a, a thought that i had because because I, I would like to think that the more that i follow christ the less prone to wonder <laughs> i am mm-hmm. right like i um yeah interesting
0: but no, i just find i feel like it's incredibly humbling to put yourself in the position in that in that position of being a sheep in need of a shepherd. And um, this week I I came across this, um, it's a prayer. It's called the Litany of Humility. And let me tell you, I don't know if I've been kicked in the gut quite like this in a while. Just talking about all of these things, like um, that when we, we act and when we live out of pride, we are we're not submitting into that humble relationship. It talks about like from the desire of being loved, from the desire of being honored, being praised, all of these things like deliver me. And so I think when we put ourselves in a relationship where we accept the role of a sheep in need of a shepherd, we are going to not be seeking our own glorification. We're not seeking our own praise, but we're seeing ourselves as part of a larger community.
2: Yeah. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. Maybe the humility is the key. Yeah, and uh, you know, to, to see yourself in this way is humbling. Uh, but hopefully, uh, we can be humble enough that uh, you've got to be yeah. humble to be part of the community yeah. is is what it's, what I'm seeing here. Um, that uh, the part of the sh- the, the flock,
0: When well, the humility that God sees Himself as a shepherd, and that yeah. wants us to see Him as that. Like a shepherd was the lowest of of jobs to have. In this society, these right. were these were not the people that others thought well of. That were getting invited to all the, the Could, hot spots. Couldn't
2: testify in court. Yeah, yeah. you were you were an,
0: like the nobody. Right. But you were also the nobodies that like society relied on because you were watching some of the most valuable assets of your hmm. of your community. So I think that's just so interesting that yeah we have to humble ourselves, but also that God is modeling that humility in the fact that He's like I want to be your shepherd. Hmm. I'm not coming as this hmm. king. Who is elevated here and you're here like i want to have that intimate day in day out i know where you are i know who you are i'm sleeping out in the fields with you kind of a relationship
2: it's it's interesting that's their perspective of shepherds god's perspective of shepherds is different as a matter of fact he he calls the king shepherds and and, and the prophets and then when when jesus is born the angels appear to shepherds and so there's this whole ideal of how they perceive shepherds and how god perceives shepherds and and the reality is how god perceives things is not how we perceive things and so how do we align our perception with his perception Um, because i don't think you know when god's saying i'm a shepherd because shepherds are low i think god's saying i'm a shepherd because shepherds are so important and valuable Mm -hmm. and and they really impact the, the life of the sheep, and I want to impact your life.
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: That's, That's good. good. That's good. All right, kind of switching gears again, and I feel like we are still around. I'm like, I can't even leave this first verse in this song. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But
0: he ends it. here, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm-hmm. Okay, agree or disagree with this statement. Our society has a lack mentality.
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: And what, what, is that, what does that mean to yeah. you when I say that?
1: Yeah. Just that... We're never content, right? Mm-hmm. We're never we're never satisfied. To say I lack nothing is to say, well, that's the NIV version says I lack nothing, um, is to say I'm content. I'm I'm good. I don't need more, and uh, that's certainly not the society that we uh, we we find ourselves in.
2: So, how do you teach you that with kids? Okay, because I, I don't I don't <laughs> want my boys, um, you know, I want my boys to be, you know, I want them to be content where they're at. Yeah. with an understanding that there's more to do. And in my life, I mean, I, I need to be content where I'm at, but that doesn't mean I, I don't stop trying to improve sure. myself. I don't try to, to, to save more money, to, to be better financially, to be in better physical shape. All these things, what, what is the balance? What, what does it mean to be content yet still striving? I
0: think that is the question. I think it's, yeah, how do you, how do you define contentment? Is it a passive life happens to me, or is it a this is where I'm at, and I'm going to do my very best to make the best of of where my life is right now? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think of when we're talking about contentment. Uh, I think of Paul in Philippians. Um, this like he paints a picture of he's experienced both ends of the spectrum of being in need and having plenty. And, and I think ultimately he comes to the conclusion, how do you do that? I don't know, but I can do all things through Christ, right? Like that's, that's what that verse is referring to. Not about lifting weights and getting really good at football or sports. Opening so, pickle jar. Yeah. Opening pickles. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, so I, that's not a very, it's not that it's not a practical answer. But the truth is, is that's a really difficult thing um, to, to find that balance, um, and it's. I think it's only through Christ that we can we can do that. We can understand like I don't need more. I don't need to accomplish more. So maybe just as I'm thinking through this and talking about it, um, I think that maybe being secure in our identity in Christ is a, is a good starting point. Like I don't need to achieve more to have a better standing with God. I don't need to achieve more to be more secure in my. Uh, with my identity in Christ, um,
2: but I will if He gives me opportunity. Yeah. Right, sure. for sure.
1: Take it not back. so that my, and even then, so not so that my standing with Christ is better, or or my, you know, my belovedness is is at a different level. But it's because I'm being faithful with what God has given me with these opportunities that <laughs> He's given me.
0: Yeah, because I think your original question was, yeah, how do we do this with our kids? And I think. I think that that's huge, and that idea of discontentment. I mean, that gets rooted so so early. Just yeah. that idea that they look and say, "I didn't have that," or mm. something that they did have is no longer good enough because it's not what somebody else has. Mm. And I think that challenging those um, those expressions. I mean, we all experience. We all experience that. Sure. It's. I mean, you can't ignore when other people have things that you don't. But challenging, why do I? Why do I want that? Is it just for my good? Is it for other people's good? So if I achieve this, is it just gonna build my reputation? Hmm. Is it gonna build my kingdom? Or do I want this because good. it will benefit more people? So sometimes yeah. I ask my kids, they're like, Oh, well, so and so has this, so and so has this. well okay, but are you willing then to say that you have no good things because you don't have that one thing? And so I don't I think we just need to challenge that discontentment mm-hmm. when when it rears its head in our lives and in our kids.
2: And that's why one of the spiritual disciplines is simplicity Uh, and, you know, to, to, to simplify your life um, moves or works against uh, discontentment. Saying I can, what can I do without? And man, that's a question you need to ask yourself every day. What, what can I do without? What, what what am I working really hard for Hmm. that really I could probably do without?
0: um. I mean, I think a lot of us have been forced to ask that question in, in this season. We've, had a sure. lot of things that we thought we couldn't live without, kind yeah. of taken yeah, or yeah. removed those opportunities, and I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that coming out the other side, there will be more clarity, maybe in each sure. of us, as the things where I thought this was a non-negotiable, but it was really just more of something that was nice to have. Right. But I can yeah. I can live without it. I can maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm living a better life, a more productive life yeah. without that, and being willing to honestly confront those things. That's good. So what effect does, does claiming, does having that thing say, I shall not want, I lack nothing, I have everything I need, what effect does even just saying that kind of have on that that lack mentality?
1: I think just like with anything, just that kind of that repetitive, like just saying it, right? I've, I think I've said it several times in different contexts, but like saying something until you believe it. I, I think that's the, the beauty of called breath prayers of like constantly repeating this um i encourage my teens when they're struggling with certain things to to come up with a just a simple breath prayer that you can repeat like as you breathe in you say this as you breathe out you say this most simple you know i'm beloved and i'm a child of god that kind of thing but just that for that repetition of like i lack nothing i lack nothing it's just like this you start saying that you say it and then all of a sudden start to believe it like hey i don't need a yeti to fit in with you guys to sitting here, <laughs> as you're talking about laughing, being content. I noticed that right. you guys have these Yeti, Yeti I know. <laughs> we were going to talk to you after the podcast was over. But I do we have a Mason of, jar, but it's not on exactly. camera. So
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah And we, our small group Sunday night, we were watching uh, Andy Stanley talk about providential relationships. And one of the things that he said in, in his sermon was that, that our culture pushes a, a, away from faith and even away from real relationship to a certain extent. And our culture pushes away from contentment. And so, you know, when you, you've got to realize that, that there is a pressure pushing us away from these things, and so we've got to exercise pretty, disciplines. Yeah. Not, it's not crisis moments. Crisis moments are important, but the daily disciplines yeah. of pushing against these things are right. important, so that's why. You know, when, when, when you when you say every day, okay, what can I do without? Not, not, not like Thanksgiving time you do it or once, yeah. you know, right. during lunch you do it, yeah. but it becomes a practice of uh-huh. your life Then you push towards contentment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's an, all, your forgiveness is yeah. something that you don't just do mm-hmm. once in a while. You forgive, uh, continually forgive, and you push against culture mm-hmm. in an opposite direction mm-hmm. because we, we're in this upside-down kingdom. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think Sabbath is a... Uh, I think you, you mentioned that you... Uh, did you mention you talked about that in your small group we as well? About okay. Sabbath, yeah. um, But I mean, that's an ultimate practice of of kind of stepping back and saying like I don't have to be productive. Mm -hmm. You know, at all hours, like I can I can step back. Um, It's it's that it's kind of is is there a book called like Sabbath as Resistance or something like that? Subversive Sabbath. Subversive Sabbath, maybe. Um, Where it's that like it's that that counterculture, like um, Mm -hmm. of saying like I can I can be content with what I have. I don't need to work this day I don't need to do I don't need to produce this day as well um, I can be content
2: and it's interesting you know Sabbath is I think Sabbath is probably one of the most significant practices that we can place into our life and it's what what I've perceived is that Sabbath was something I discovered later on in life yeah. and that early in life um, you know I didn't hear a lot of preachers talk about yeah. the Sabbath and the practice of Sabbath because why well you're being productive. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Right. And and so in the church, you know, we'll take nine out of the 10 commandments, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but that, you know, the Sabbath yeah. is a commandment yeah. and it's a practice that it, it's not hard to implement or maybe hard to implement. It, it's not drastic. It's just like, okay, one day a week is not going to be geared towards production, right. but it's going to be geared towards relationship. Yeah. It's going to be geared towards relationship with God, with others. And it's not going to be about what I produce, but it's about what God can produce in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's
0: good. No, and I think even that is is subversive. It's counterculture yep, I mean, our, you talked about marketing. Our culture is always telling us that you need this, you need this. Like they aren't they aren't pretending like we don't have needs and that there are not deep desires in our hearts. They're just presenting us with all sorts of things that they promise will fill that. And I yep. think sometimes taking that Sabbath, taking that time away. It is saying, hey, I know that there are desires in my heart that there's no thing that can fill that. Mm -hmm. And that there are certain things that like God is what will satisfy this longing that I have. It's not something fun to go and do. It's not the next new iPhone. It's not this, this deep, deep longing. If I sit in Sabbath, if I rest and I remove Mm -hmm. myself from the, the rat race, that longing will speak of, of my need for more of him, not for more things, not for more productivity. Um, but I think that's hard because I think that also then comes with realizing that our desires come in submission to his desires. If we say that we have everything we need, then that means that we're committing to not desiring things outside of what he's providing right. for us and what where he's placed us
2: right now which real authentically is a real hard place to be Mm -hmm. because i know as as you say that i don't think i live that i I mean i'll just be honest i I mean there's things that i want to accomplish and Mm -hmm. things and so there Mm -hmm. you know there there is a it's not enough to say it's the force of our culture that pushes us that way we're kind of hardwired Mm -hmm. that way and Mm -hmm. and you know and i i don't know i think it's good that's bad Mm -hmm. That sure. that God doesn't hardwire us to be lazy, yeah. no, no sure, right. but he, but to want to succeed and mm-hmm. to accomplish, mm-hmm. it's just how do we bring that submission to the shepherd? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, right. that's
0: what I that's wonder. Right. I mean, like David, does David actually believe this? I mean, is he saying that he's lived his life where the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, or is this that essence of saying it to myself mm-hmm. to remind myself that this is the goal? The yeah, goal is to live sure. a life. Where God is my shepherd, and I recognize that I have everything I need, because I think David is so transparent in that. He, I feel like he's working this out. Oh yeah, he's, and, he's saying it. He's teaching definitely. himself to believe
2: it. And then you read other Psalms, he's saying, "Lord, will you?" Yeah. <laughs> All these yeah, things yeah. he's what he's saying. So I mean, there, there, right. yeah, I think you're. That's, that's yeah, right. I think it's right. you know there, there is this. Okay, I, I, I'm content. I need to. Be, yeah. I need to be content here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a daily struggle.
0: Right, which is where I think we say, and we've talked about this before, her emotions and our feelings are not bad things. Like, your emotions are nothing to be ashamed of. But when those things come up, there is a sense of, okay, I'm going to put myself back on the rails, though. I I have what I need. I have all of these other things I want to do. But in this moment, though, I have what I need. I am where he wants me. Like... And I think that there's that sense of kind of putting those boundaries on some of those big emotions, Let, letting them rip. I mean, like sometimes we just have,
1: God knows yep. him already.
0: We talked last week, he knows. Right. He, yeah. he made us, but I think there's also a sense to say, okay, here's all of this stuff. Let me come back to that breath prayer. I have everything I need. Hmm. He's with me. He loves me. I'm here. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like there's there's so much more we could, we could probably say yeah. about contentment because I think that is so hard to actually live. I mean, it's one of those beautiful things to talk about, And beautiful things, a picture of life that's like that. But I mean, yeah, we're hardwired. We're products of our culture, which tells us that if you're content, you're lazy. You just aren't doing enough. You aren't trying enough. You just haven't realized what you're passionate about. If you can sit here and just be content and just be. Um,
1: So I don't know.
0: I don't know. Um, So let's skip it down a little bit here. And again, if you guys have other stuff you want to talk about, I'm, I'm here for that too. But I feel like it always strikes me when he talks about the valley of the shadow of death um and i mean depending on which translation translation you're reading this from which version it's like yay though i walk through even when i walk through it's it's not a if if i ever find myself in the valley of the shadow of death you're with me i feel like there's this sense that that we walk through that often maybe all the time maybe there's just times when that that shadow is is darker but like that we're walking a path that is fraught with disasters and dangers um and so sometimes when okay when that valley's a little deeper, the shadows are a little darker what what does praise authentic praise look like in that setting? I think it sometimes can feel insensitive to people when we suggest, yeah, oh, you've still got reason to praise you how do we I don't know how do we counsel how do we lead as we walk with people through these deep, dark valleys
1: I think I think that um, so even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. I think this next phrase is key, for you are with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's not this like, I'm walking, you're walking through this dark valley and it's gonna it's gonna get better soon.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Things you're you're it's dark now, but things are gonna get fixed. The key here is we're walking through a dark valley, but you are with me. And I think that that's maybe the key to walking through those dark valleys. Um, So maybe praise doesn't look like this, like kind of fake joyful, like, "Boy, life really sucks right now," but like I'm gonna pretend like everything is good, and I'm gonna. But it's just this, this understanding, and this maybe this even this declaration that God is with me. Mm -hmm. The darkness, the valley of the shadow of death. I would like to think that as my shepherd leads me, is going. I, I'm going to get out of that valley at some point, but the truth is, it may not. Right, and so like this isn't dependent on getting out of that dark valley. It's that even in the dark valley, God is with me.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there's the, the, of course this psalm. We talked about this Sunday. This psalm moves from shepherd. To guide the host. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a significant, you know, we always call it the shepherd's song, mm-hmm. but now we're in the guide section. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe there's there's some scholars that when David's talking about the valley of the shadow of death, you know, we think about the darkest circumstances, we think about death. But but some scholars believe David is talking about a particular place, that that there's this place that that the, the guide is leading them through. And, and so there's there's almost this um, this realization. That if we follow God, sometimes He's going to take us through some hard places, and there's this acceptance of if we want to get where we need to go, sometimes we have to go through some hard places. It's not it's not that the hard places are the point; the hard places are just part of the journey, and and we've got to trust the guide even in those hard places. That as we come through that, there's more in store for us. So, so sometimes it's you know I've heard people say, well, I, I, you're praising for the hard circumstances and. If you can do that, that's great. But 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 I think, to me, the reality is most of the time I'm just praising him because I know that it's just part of the journey, yeah. and he'll be with me before, and yeah. he's with me there, and he'll be with me through it at mm-hmm. the at the end of the journey, mm-hmm. uh, that that he's taken me somewhere even in this this difficult time, and that's hard to see. So, mm-hmm. Sometimes our circumstances can be so heavy that we think, oh, I'll never. COVID-19 we're ne- everything's <laughs> nothing's ever going to be the same we're yeah. never going to get out of this and and the reality is that God is with us even now yeah. and when we come out of this he wants to work through that to something new and, and beautiful even
1: in our church and and recognizing that I think it's important to recognize too that sometimes that working through it and coming out the other end is not of this world yeah. right like I, I just think of of people who have who it seems like are always walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and like life is just not fair to them, and and that and, and we see that like there is n- <laughs> there is no coming out of that valley here, but it's kind of clinging to that hmm. eternal hope of like even if that means coming out of this valley is on the other side of this life, um, God is still with me here and God is still leading me there. Yeah. I think, I think when we're, especially as, as kind of as pastors um, mm-hmm. and we're walking through this with people, we, we have to come to that understanding that like, I, I can't give you a false hope that here in this life, you're going to get out of this, this valley. Um, but what I can promise you is that as you walk through this valley, God is with you. Your shepherd is walking with you.
0: No, I think that's good because I think sometimes it's easy to rally around someone for a short term, Mm
1: -hmm. short term problem, a short
0: term season of suffering. And I think the real, um, the real commitment is rallying and walking. Like it's one thing to tell someone, "Oh, God's with you," but also, like, I'm, I'm Mm. here with you too. You may have given hope about about this, so I'm, I'm going to pick up your hope for you and I'm going to carry it for you. Like so, but I think that that's so hard because we. Just by nature, I feel like we just get so uncomfortable with suffering. We don't know what to say. We feel like we need to say something. I mean, which those two are like, they go together. Sometimes we don't need to say anything. But it's easy to forget that just because someone is not actively in this crisis, like that they might still be suffering and still feel very much like they are walking this valley. And we don't want them to walk that alone. I got this picture about um, when you were talking last week about times where you've heard like a song, the It Is Well song, where you're like, I couldn't sing that for myself, but hearing people sing it around me was, was comforting. And yeah, so I think right. about like how do, we, how do we kind of come around and sing around people mm. who, f- who feel just that they can't even sing in that moment?
2: Sometimes, uh, one of the lessons I've learned in the, in the ministry is sometimes it's more important what you don't say <laughs> yeah, as that's to what right. you do that's say. Right. That, that you know, I, I, I you talk about that pressure of saying, oh, "I got, yeah. I got to say something to fix that." Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, sometimes you can't. No, and and you yeah, need to learn presence. when those times are, and just be, just be there. Yeah. Um.
1: Which, I man, I'm, I'm just thinking through this. Like, this is—we're we're declaring that this is who God is to us. That He is with us, and as. Christ followers like that's our model as well right this like this this isn't just declaring that that's, this is who God is for us but it's also saying like how can we be this for people and so that um, so what does it look like for us practically to to like you said to be with people and it's that that gift of presence of just being there is is so significant
0: See, so, yeah I'm sure we can all think of kind of those meaningful moments when somebody yeah kind of rallied around us and I think sometimes like, it's great to have those memories, but also to know then like those are the things that we do for other people. Like the things that, the ways people that comfort us when we need hmm. it, then that, I think that also, like you said, kind of needs to project us forward and to say, yeah. okay, when I see people around me that need those, let me dig back to the things that meant the most to me that people did. And maybe that's not necessarily a mold for it, but just know that it might've been a card. It might've been a, a pat on the back as they walked by. It might've just been a text that said, hey, you looked like you were having a rough morning. I saw you. Yeah. yeah. Um. I just think there's ways that we we can do this for other people.
1: Yeah. I'm just the the very like, what comforts David in the midst of this? In the midst of this darkest valley, he says, "Your rod and your staff, they comfort me." He doesn't say your words, like your words yeah. of, of peace or your words of healing. Mm-hmm. Now, I I do think there is a like there is a reality of, a, of healing words, and like you know, just but but that's not all the time. Well, it's not words that God gave it, it's not you can do it, David. It's not that the yeah. you know, things are we're almost there, it's your rod and your staff. Which, so as I'm thinking of that, rod and staff of of a shepherd is kind of he means pastoral wow. staff. <laughs> that's right, your pastoral staff, they comfort. Me. <laughs> um, the implication, I hope, is true. <laughs> um the implication here is, is, is so the shepherd, you know, is guiding the sheep with with the rod and the staff, and and so like again, I'm thinking of a couple different things here. But one, like that, mean like for the rod and the staff to to be effective, there has to be proximity, right? Like sure. they have to mm-hmm. be close. And so it's it's God's closeness that is comforting him, not his his words uh, of encouragement. And so um, the the other thing I was thinking of as your rod and your staff, they come for me again. The rod and the staff are how the shepherd guides the sheep, like keeps them on track. And so what I'm thinking through is we can be tempted to, when we're walking through the darkest valley, when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of of death, uh, we can be tempted to assume that that means that we've done something wrong, right? Like this is a result of me doing something bad or a sin that I've not repented of or, or just something like that. And, and what I'm seeing here is your rod and your staff. They comfort me that God is guiding even in here. It's not like it's not you're, you're here because of punishment for something you've done. It's just this is life as we are walking through this journey. There's these valleys, and they're dark, and God is leading us even in that. Does that make sense? What no, I'm no. Thinking? And I was actually
0: this picture here. Like we picture almost a valley. Like there's no escape here. Well, you wouldn't need a rod and a staff if there weren't places that the sheep could kind of be going astray, Mm, even in the midst of this valley. So I think about the times that we might try to quick fix our pain, escape what we're going in. There's going to be seasons. I'm doing a study with a friend right now where we're talking about Joseph where, like, it just kept getting worse. Like, as he's he's following, and I mean, he's kind of just... It, yeah. it, things are getting much worse before they're getting better and like i see there might be times when the sheep thinks oh well this looks like an escape and like you need the rod to be like no 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 you gotta you gotta walk further down this path oh here it looks like no actually that's a cliff let me hook because i mean like a shepherd's hook yeah. like so i picture almost like there's these places that look to be escapes look to be getting out of this that would lead to more harm hmm. and so that that idea of like you're gonna just kind of keep hemming me in here that um, that's comforting so you yeah. know you're you're not gonna let me fall off that cliff. Cause I saw daylight and I went for
1: it. Hmm. Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's been, t- so like this idea of rod and staff again, of like, um, forcing you to go somewhere. Like sometimes that like, to me is like, Oh, I don't want that. Like, I don't want someone forcing me, but like, so, but I've been like, I've, I was thinking about this yesterday as I was, I was thinking through this. Uh, and then again this morning, um, there are times, like if I'm really honest, where like following Jesus seems to put me at odds with people that I don't want to be put at odds with. Yeah. Um, if if I'm really honest, following Jesus at times puts me at odds with kind of the cultural Christianity that we uh, that we sometimes accept. It's been extremely comforting to me to reflect that. Like the reason that I am where I am is because Jesus, I'm following Jesus and that led me here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that idea of the rod and the staff being comfort is like I know that I'm where I'm at because I've followed Jesus here. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. That's
0: good. That's good. I feel like we're probably getting to the point we need to wrap this up. So Josh, you said this kind of Goes against some of the stuff that you, you usually tell your teens. Don't <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> reflecting on our discussion today, do you, what? What are your thoughts, kind of yeah. going forward? How do we how yeah. do we take this? How do we present it to our parents, to our teens? What what is? Yeah. What, what's your two version of this? version?
1: <laughs> um, no, I think I think this idea of of leading uh, is is still good and it's still valid, right? Like that's what we're doing. Like we are leaders here at, yeah. at the, at the okay. church. We're on staff. So I think it's good. I think the ultimate thing is, is as a leader, who are you following? Right? We, we would typically think of, okay, I'm the leader, like I'm the person in front, and it's me making all of these decisions. Well, in reality, like if we're doing this well, we're only leading because we're being good followers. Um, and so if I'm if I'm not following uh, correctly, then I'm not being a good leader. And so like it's not a definitely yes. Be be a leader like. Um, do do these things to become a, a leader, um, but understand who you're following. Um, if you're truly the leader, and there's no one in front of you guiding you, then I would I don't want you to be a leader. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> stop. 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 <laughs> um, yeah.
0: No, I think that's good. As I, I kind of reflect on, we're in, entering in the season of Christmas lists. If your kids haven't started one yet. <laughs> yeah. whew, and I mean, my kids have gotten to the point where they are dividing up the catalog and saying, well, I'm going to circle these pages and you circle these pages and that maximizes our, um, <laughs> our benefit. Of but I think that um, out of that can come some really great conversations around this idea of contentment, that, that we have what we need. It's okay to want and to, to strive us after these things but know why we want them. Yeah. And it's, it's not enough to just say, I want it because I want it for me. But I think really helping our kids to start to develop that idea of, okay, well, I want this because it benefits someone else. And if our wants and our needs only ever benefit us, hmm. we're gonna develop just very selfish, inward focused um, mentalities. Right. And so I think that our kids need to see us challenging that in ourselves and also kind of helping them to see where, hey, this is what it looks like in a seven-year-old to be super selfish, but here's what it looks like in a 33-year-old to be super selfish. Yeah. And um, I don't know, being being transparent, being honest with our kids. All right, yeah. Paul, you wanna take us home?
2: Yeah, guys okay, so ready to pray? Sure. Lord, thank you for the Psalms. Thank you that you give us a reason to sing. Thank you for the voice of David who didn't live a perfect life, didn't have a perfect life, didn't live in perfect circumstances, but he, we have this huge volume of praises from him. Lord, help us to, to focus on these attributes of, of you that cause us to praise. Help us to be content in every circumstance, not because we're not striving for more, but because we're content in you. Uh, thank you, Lord, once again for this conversation. Uh, may it uh, help others seek you and see you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless. Thanks, guys.